Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For the second time, welcome into episode 80 of season three of the Bruise and Burns podcast. You may be thinking to yourself the second time, huh, did I miss an episode? You guys were gone for a week. No, no, you did not miss an episode. We did skip a week because we were living our lives. Uh, we got things going on. Deal with it. Uh, it we, we did sort of do about 10 minutes of the podcast about 10 minutes ago uh, before realizing that we were not recording. Uh, by we, I mean me. Uh, shout out Chanel. Uh, anyway... <clears throat> You guys just reviewed your drinks, but I guess you can rip through it again. Uh, we also had a quick shout-out. Oh, by the way, yeah, Drew's not here. Drew is gone. He is on the beach in North Carolina. He did just call in. Couldn't really hear him, uh, and we weren't recording anyway, so it doesn't matter. Chris is here. Kat is also here. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, team. Hi. Isabel's here roasting you underneath her breath. Yeah, um, which, understandable. I, I texted Drew to tell him that you didn't record that part, so I'm hoping maybe he uh, chaotically calls back in for a minute. But yeah, it was yeah, better off nice. that he didn't. I mean, he's at the point where he's dumping his actively dumping his drink out. Yeah, he probably didn't need to be drinking it. No, <laughs> there was really no, no the beach. The beach good. needed it more than him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys want to review your drink again, or are you just going to yeah, skip I'll, past I'll, it? I'll go. Time? I'll go back through it. You know, I I don't want to deprive the listeners of our wonderful tropical day. Um, Kat and I are both drinking uh, pineapple forward beverages. Um, I have the Malibu cocktail pineapple Bay Breeze, uh, still pre-mixed cocktail, 7% alcohol with natural flavors. Um, and you can taste the natural flavors. Love tasting natural flavors. I just got some in my eye. <laughs> that's so that's how, how you tasted. know it's good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's pineapple with apparently like a little bit of cranberry. Um, mostly taste the pineapple. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a re a rescore on the second go around because I, I think Kat was right about this. Despite the 7% alcohol, you really can't taste it. Um, and it's very smooth because it's not carbonated. So... We're going 35 on the drinkability because we recorded for like 10 minutes and this thing's already half gone. Um, and so then tasteability. Making sure you were really ready to review this properly. 
Yeah, and then and then tasteability. I mean, it's it tastes just like pineapple. Like you can't go you can't go wrong with that. So I'm like 34 tasteability. Uh, I don't know if we're catching the silent treatment from Cat. No, I <laughs> I was just letting him letting him roll through that. Um, bringing up all the talking points as Chris uh, very enthusiastically reviewed his drink last time, and then I said, "Let me tell you why he's wrong." Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm drinking a Corona Refresca. Um, it is a pineapple lime malt beverage. Um, Chris just said his Malibu cocktail, Bay Breeze, uh, like you said, it's not carbonated. 7% doesn't taste like it's 7%. Mine's the opposite. It's carbonated. It is 4.5%. And boy, do you taste every percentage of it. Um, so I think, I believe we bought this one to scrape our popcorn ceilings and really had to, I, I feel like we drank these real slowly and Chris's Malibu, we burned through pretty quickly on the beach if I'm remembering which drink we bought for which day. Um, yeah, you got it. But yeah, tasteability. You can taste the pineapple. You can taste the malt. Uh, How about the I'm, lime? Can you taste the lime? Not really. Honestly, it tastes a little more like a pina colada than it does a... Like, I, we've, we've had a couple, couple drinks that had salt and lime in them, and I feel like they were far more citrusy than this is it's not super citrusy um last time we recorded without recording um i said on a scale of smirnoff to four loco it definitely falls closer to the smirnoff though so tasteability is probably only like a 24 or so and drinkability is probably like a 26 so it's drinkable on the first drink, you don't have to wait for it to hit before you can start chugging them. Um, yeah, I'm saying this with my five-year-old literally sitting right in between Chris and I. Like, it's good to start at home where it's safe, and then, you know, you learn before you take it out in the real world. Um, do you guys, do you guys hear that? It's a Captain Oblivious appearance coming in from North Carolina. It's one Drew Joff season. Yeah, I was going to do Captain Obvious, but then Captain Oblivious felt much more appropriate. There you go. And you're not showing up in, in PowerPoint format this time. You're actually a clear Yeah, video, yeah this so. is incredible. Real stream. I found some 5G, I guess. Nice. Uh, Drew, what are you drinking over there, buddy? And how is your uh, vacation? Uh, I got myself a peach Corona hard seltzer. Uh, these are these are six percent. Like actual Coronas are like four and a half or something. Like so, this is that caught us by surprise when we got them. Um, drinkability is damn high, especially when you're five deep, such as I. Um, I'm gonna go thirty-seven on that. Patrice Bergeron. Um, and tasteability like a like a eighteen, um, but yeah, vacation's nice. Look at this. We got some. We got some trash here. You want to see this? This is great. Drew is showing us a trash can on the beach. We got some pineapple slices and some dog shit in there, so that's nice. Drew, Drew, if you don't end up in that trash can by the end of the evening, I, I think. Oh, I'm gonna be throwing up in it. Yeah, yeah. Here we got this. I feel like if I stole this, I'd get in big trouble. But uh, that is a flotation device. 
but I am a captain, so they should be able to. Excellent. Uh, Drew, any uh, one-minute thoughts on uh, the Bruins hiring Jim Montgomery? Oh, yeah, Jimmy Mons. Um, <laughs> is that what we can call him now, Jimmy Mons? <laughs> I think he goes by Monty. That's what I saw. Oh. Monty but Python, Jimmy, bro. Jimmy Mons. I'm going to call him <laughs> Monty Python. Um, I, cool. I, I don't know. Like he's just a, he's just a guy. He's not Cassidy. It sucks. Like I don't care. Like cool. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he'll be bad. It doesn't really matter. I think that's a cool thing for him though. Like he probably does. It's not like I, he doesn't have like this huge like successful background and the expectations are high. Like the Bruins, like, at least in terms of the fan base, like you got rid of one of the best coaches in the league. And you're just bringing in another guy. I feel like he has everything to gain, nothing to lose in the situation he's in. In terms of the fan base, management, different story. But um, so yeah, good for good for him, uh, Jimmy, Johnny, whatever the fuck is. <laughs> I don't know, Monty Python. Um, Jimmy yeah. John's Python, new <laughs> head coach of the Boston Bruins. Hey, yikes! Give Drew about a minute and a half, and he'll rename somebody for you. That's good. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go sit down and open another another drinky poo. So, you do that, buddy. Uh, let us know we, if we you're uh, as captains. We that. we call them drinky poos. There you go. Before you go, Chanel says hello, and the Drew is serving donkey from Shrek vibes. Wow. That <laughs> That's all she says. I love it. So. Love Chanel. Uh, Drew, good luck. Try to keep your drinks down, and if you don't, let us know if pass the Drew test. Yeah, if it's, if I don't, I'll call you from the bathroom for help. Excellent. <laughs> we'll catch the closest flight. You guys, good, good luck. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll hear from Drew later, and I'm sure it won't be pretty. Uh, but until then, I am drinking a camp beer from Definitive Brewing Company, checking in at 4.2%. It is a crisp session ale, uh, and I think this one lives up to the name for camp beer. I was showing these guys on our first not recording. Uh, it's a beautiful can with a uh, little campfire action going down by a lake. You got some tents. You got a nice sunrise, sunset, dock, all that. Um, really sets the tone for where you want to drink the camp beer. And I, again, I think this is named appropriately because it is very light, very crispy. Not quite like a light beer kind of light. It's still got some flavor to it, but it's not heavy like an IPA. So. Uh, you know, you're out there camping, at least if it's me sitting by the fire all night, you're probably going to crush a couple of brewskis, so you want them to be a little lighter so you can keep it going. So um, this definitely checks that one off. Drinkability, quite high. You could rip through a couple of these. Uh, I'm going to give it like a 32. And tasteability, uh, it's about a 20, which isn't crazy, but I think as far as a, a light, crisp session like this goes, it's, it's going to be pretty good. So um yeah check it out I, i've said it up a lot on this podcast before definitive is, is one of my favorite breweries in portland and in maine so if you're in the area this summer on vacation <clears throat> i would definitely recommend checking them out on uh, industrial way uh for now isabel, though we've got some hockey to talk about too do you, do you quick... want to tell us what you're drinking oh isabel's got a isabel's got a drink what you oh, got is <laughs> what is it vitamin water on a scale of 1 to 37, how tasty is it? Is it like a 37 out of 37? Like 100%? What about how quickly you can drink it? Can you can you slug it? No. No, so it's not, not 37. So it's like a 15? And how fast you can slug it? Yeah. Good stuff. All right, slug it. 
Uh, Thank Isabel, you. what color is it? Because I just had a vitamin water too. White. The lemonade one. The lemonade. It's the uh, I almost got that mm -hmm. one. I got the uh, the dragon fruit one while I was golfing, but I was gonna grab a beer and then I made eye contact with the vitamin water and I was like, game over. That's happening. Isabel, does your <laughs> vitamin water look at you? Does it make eye contact? No. 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 That would be crazy. Of course. <laughs> Never mind. I'll just shut up. That's true. Um, all right, so two quick things I want to hit on uh, as far as the hockey goes, and then we'll uh, get out here for summer Fridays, summer Mondays, whatever it is. Uh, first of all, the Bruins have a head coach. That's cool. 29th head coach in team history. It's Jim Montgomery. You may have heard his name, former coach of the Dallas Stars, was currently, uh, or I rather was, an assistant with uh, Craig Berube's St. Louis Blues. Uh, I, you know, it's it, we talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Hiring a coach, like, you're going to have some initial thoughts, but obviously you never really know, uh, much like a player, I guess, until you really see the impact they have over the course of a season or two. But bless you, Cat, or half bless you. <laughs> it's incredible timing. Uh, I will fire it over to you guys, though, for your grain of salt opinions. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you after you stop laughing here. Incredible Any immediate stuff. thoughts on, uh, on Jim Montgomery? Get rushed for the mute button and got it right after she sneezed. No, actually, actually, we got about the first half of her sneeze and the rest was cut off. It was like a. It doesn't sound like I just got murdered. It was like this. It was like a. Who? <laughs> that was it. It was like a really. It was like in Rocky when like you get hit and it's like, it was like a quick. It's not like you got punched in the gut or something, but uh, it was good. Isabel is like, what the heck is going on? Isabel's over us. Um, yeah, my thoughts on Jim Montgomery are I had never heard of him until a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't pay much attention to who coached the Dallas Stars like however many years ago and who's on Craig Berube's staff. So I'm sure Kat has way more thoughts on him than I do, but whatever, everyone seems to like the hire, so I'll go along with it until it goes one way or the other. Yeah. I think there were hires. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll also let Kat do more of the expert opinion. I will say, I had a buddy who was, because uh, he was fired from the Stars in 2020, um, and I have a buddy who's a, a pretty big Stars fan, and I remember them kind of being up and coming at the time. They had some young talent, they still do, um, but I, I remember him having a, a pretty good impression of Montgomery, and and I think they were doing pretty well the, the couple of seasons he was there before he was fired, um, which we can also talk about in a second, but Kat, do you have any more in-depth thoughts than, than Chris and I, as usual. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he comes with a pretty pretty limited NHL coaching resume, which is a little refreshing. I mean, you look at what the, the Winnipeg Jets just did where they rehired an old coach of theirs. Um, mm -hmm. when, when you have to put welcome back on your your, your tweet announcing your new head coach, like that's, that's rough. Um, from the stars so also. Yeah, so it's it, it is nice seeing a little bit less of the Uber coaching carousel going on there. It's a little bit of a, a slightly fresher hire. He uh he jumped directly from college. He'd been a, a pretty well highly regarded uh, collegiate coach, coached at the University of Denver, coached at RPI. Um then he ended up with the Dallas Stars. That's a team that I've watched him play 
not an amazing amount over the last couple of years, but I, I covered them for a night um, for, for the Dallas Morning News. Shouts. Um, Much more experience than either of us have covering and the Dallas Stars. That's, that's just like a fascinating team because they had some really good young talent that I think reached expectations, right? Their young players have been doing what's expected of them, most notably Jason Robertson, who I think uh, nobody really anticipated him surpassing expectations like he did. But then some of their aging players, uh, it's, it's hard to evaluate how well a coach has done with that roster because Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn most notably took just these massive nosedives and uh, had such good chemistry playing together that the team had kind of been built around them being on the same line. And then I believe it was beginning of last year, the team realized that really those two couldn't play on a line together with any sort of efficacy. So they had to get split up on two separate lines. Um, and that just made it kind of hard to evaluate what a coach has been able to do with the team. Um, I think Jim Montgomery did some good things with the stars. I think they were a hard team to call consistent, but so were some of the Bruins. And I think the Bruins have been a team that maybe when you look at what the fans have complained about in the past, they uh, would argue that maybe Bruce Cassidy wasn't, wasn't nurturing his young players quite like they wanted to see. And, uh, I think Jim Montgomery was part of what made the Stars a team. That, I mean, he he had some of their young players through their upwards trajectories, uh, and I think that's that's something that should excite Bruins fans. Um, I think your support staff is going to be almost as important, especially since we no longer have a guaranteed goaltending tandem of perfection. You know, this is a team that's been blessed with we, we have a dance party over here i'm losing my train of thought <laughs> um but yeah i think uh it's gonna be hard to hard to tell just how much is his impact and how much is the changing of the guard roster wise altogether but i think there are far worse hires that could have been made yeah, um i mean like david quinn for example <laughs> I, do not think I, I don't think that would have been coach. great i don't think but, it would have been the, so I think one of my favorite things over the past couple of weeks has been the full-on 100% onslaught against uh, Don Sweeney getting extended. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the approval rating of Don Sweeney is uh, somewhere around 0%. Uh, I think that's a little harsh, but whatever. Um, but I, I think also the acceptance of this hire has been very high. And I think hiring somebody like Quinn would have been another one of those, like, all right, well, we just extended this guy and he made it like the move that everyone was saying he shouldn't have made. And that like, there's some optimism now. Like, I feel like Bruins fans haven't had much reason for optimism this off season so far, but then, hearing that Patrice Bergeron's expected to resign and hiring a coach that people aren't unanimously saying, oh, I don't think this guy stinks. Uh, it, it, there's reason for optimism. And I, I mean, like they're, the, 
the offseason now looks like what do the Bruins do to win a cup this year rather than how are the Bruins going to rebuild? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't have too much more to add. I think it's kind of funny. I apparently have watched Jim Montgomery coach before at RPI without knowing it, <laughs> um, but he was there for a couple of years at times when I was certainly going to games. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think you guys said it, it's always hard to judge this before you see him behind the bench for a single game even, but um, <clears throat> based on the things that I've read and, and opinions from smarter people than myself, it seems like of the options that were available that Montgomery was the right hire. And so I'm looking forward to kind of seeing him in action and all that. Um, I will say it is a very Bruins hire in that Montgomery was one of the best players all time in, in NCAA division one hockey, uh, 30 or 301 points and 198 assists with the university of Maine. Uh, he played on that incredible university of Maine, 1992, 93 national championship team. He was the captain there. Uh, and was on the the top line with Paul Correa when they went 42-1-2, which is (laughs) incredible, Uh, and also won the most outstanding player award. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I'd have to check the – let's see, the timeline on there, 93. So, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. But uh, they did win a national championship, so. I'm sure Uh, Lancey will uh, listen through this and give us the answer. Yeah, he'll correct. There you go. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like Kat said, a pretty uh, impressive and, and kind of climbed the ladder relatively quickly as far as <clears throat> college hockey went and then through the USHL and a little bit of pro experience, but um, not so much that, you know, it's kind of a coaching carousel move. So I think of the options that were out there, it sounds like the right hire, but, you know, come to us a year from now, we'll have a, a better understanding, I think, for sure. So um, the other thing I just wanted to quickly note, <clears throat> just on a personal level, I think a lot of people – one of the things they appreciate about Bush Cassidy was just his kind of um, openness with the media and his willing to kind of willingness to speak his mind. And uh, obviously for those of you who have read up on Montgomery, you probably saw that he was fired from the stars <clears throat> due to alcohol abuse a couple of years ago. Uh, I just want to say, I think it's kind of neat that he's been very open about it going back into the league and stuff and has said, you know, it sucked in time, but it was the right move for me and all that. And uh, that it helped him grow personally. And, you know, it's obviously different when you're coaching a team and that sort of thing, but I think I just wanted to throw out there that I respect somebody who's willing to to speak about that kind of thing in their own personal battles. So um, hopefully that's the the kind of personality and, and <clears throat> transparency that he's bringing to the organization. So um, the one other thing I want to talk about quick, which I just saw on Twitter uh, before we wrap up from Ryan Rishog, who I don't know of TSN, uh, but he says yeah. that Jake DeBrusque has formally rescinded his trade offer and is happy to be staying with the Bruins. <clears throat> um, I think that's a, a pretty big dub after the things <laughs> we saw the last couple weeks of the season. Um, but, of course, the story with Jake DeBrusque's career has been he's always had the talents just about whether he can stream together for a full 82-plus games. Um, that being said, I, I do think DeBrusque was playing the best hockey of his career over the last two months of the season and, and even in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. For me, I think especially with where the Bruins are right now in that transition transitionary phase, I think it's a good good thing to have them around. But you know, what do you guys what do you guys think? I think it's uh, I know that dump on Don. It's been dump on Don Sweeney season, and certainly don't think he's made the perfect move for everything regarding the team. I don't think he's built the perfect roster, but you I call do it think it dump Sweezen. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it speaks to 
it speaks to him in a somewhat positive light that that situation I think was handled correctly and not just by management but by the coaching staff and then the management too because I think it's easy for a player to find himself in a situation where he doesn't feel like he's being utilized in a beneficial way you know requests a trade it gets out it becomes very public there is no available trade for him uh very clearly was treated well enough that he didn't like he he wasn't shunted from the roster right he he was so given opportunity to to continue improving his game and i think that was handled well from the coaching perspective and then when bruce cassidy was punted from boston um beheaded i think yeah i think uh that speaks to how management handled it with the players because we've certainly seen teams where management has let go of a coach that they thought were under they thought was underperforming players disagreed the way that management handled it with the players has uh not gone particularly well and we've seen players want out uh before they've been given a chance to really get to know a new coaching staff. Um, I would argue that the situation in Minnesota, the last handful of years on and off, we've seen some similar situations where they've, uh, their players have not been given some of the respects that I think the players expected. Um, most notably, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. Um, and I think this speaks to maybe the Bruins being a somewhat functional organization, which is not the case for every team in the NHL right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but that's really like a pretty high praise for the National Hockey League being. Yeah, I think that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea Jake DeBrusque, I think it's, it's weird. There are a lot of players, I think it's not a common thing, but I, I've seen it happen a lot in the Bruins organization where there are guys who are, really solid first line wingers who once you put them down on the third line, either it just doesn't click with players who aren't necessarily as talented or maybe the effort just isn't there. Um, and I don't really know which one of those it is with DeBrusque, maybe a little bit of both, but I, I think having him as a top line right wing is a net positive for the Bruins being able to just have, knock down on the second line, Craig Smith on the third line, you know, move, bumping everybody down, I think, uh, just deepens your lineup, makes everybody more dangerous. Um, and so, yeah, but I think I think everybody watching, who was who actually watching Jake DeBrus play in the second half of the season last year, um, was thinking, man, yeah, this guy's pretty good. I'd like to have him back. Um, and, you know, I think if you're trading from a position of weakness, um, it's always, you're never going to get good value. So I, I think even if he does end up traded at some point over the term of this contract, it'll definitely be easier to move him now that he's rescinded the trade request. I mean, not every player can keep up with Brad Martian and Patrice Bergeron. I think we hear a lot of people say, oh, well, of course they look better on the first line. Look who they're playing with. Brett Connolly. Yeah, I mean, those are, that's two guys who, 
instinctually play well together and you're expected to keep up with the way that they're passing and the way that they're setting up plays. And I think that's, that's a credit to Jake DeBrusque too. I also think DeBrusque is one of those players that like his, he plays his best hockey when you can kind of like unleash him in the ozone a little bit and he doesn't have to worry about necessarily sticking to his position or to a certain assignment. And I think having, two players like Marshawn and Bergeron who are so responsible defensively as that backstop to brusque can kind of work in the corners where I think he's really effective and, and work on that four check knowing that, Hey, I've got two guys, you know, next to me that are going to be able to get back and, and cover the neutral zone or cover our own blue line and, and that sort of thing. Um, and also I just love Jake DeBrusque the person. He seems like an awesome dude. Seems like somebody just loves the game and, um, yeah, just somebody you want to see succeed on a personal level, and we've seen the glimpses of it so many times. So it would be really nice to to see him put together, you know, an entire an entire season at least with the Bruins. Here would be nice. So, um, yeah, that's our podcast. I don't know if anybody else has things to say. No microphone, but now it's time to get it that's out. <laughs> Chris is taking a swig, so I assume he's good. Is he got any other thoughts? No? Are the Bruins going to win the Stanley Cup next year? Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. You heard it here first, folks. He says so. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll see you next time. Probably this week. Maybe not with me. I don't know. We'll figure it out. For episode 81 of season three, and pretty soon we'll have season four. Also, keep an eye out uh, for the end of summer. We are. I'm going to just say this on the record, so we're going to have to do it. We are going to be releasing merch for season four. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if for some reason you've listened to this entire podcast and you're still here, then you might like it for some reason. Uh, and it would be cool to have our brand on your chest or whatever else we decide. Yep. So. <laughs> that's, the, that's the pull quote right there. Yeah. Have us on your tits. Have us on your tits. All right. <laughs> I'll get them next time. <laughs> See you later, right, everybody. On that note. We're going to go join our neighbor's dance party. Oh, we're for sure not.